find some different ways to say hallelujah. Find some different ways to just say thank you, Jesus, right now. Just forget about who's around you and say, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Come on, find a way to say it yourself. God, you've been good. You've been mighty, mighty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you as you make your way back towards your seats. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. It feels good just to say hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I've had people tell me here recently, after services like this morning, said, Pastor, I didn't know you could still do that. I said, of course I can do that. Just the recovery time is a little different now. That's the difference. <laughs> God is good, and I am thankful to be back here with people of precious like faith. And uh, I have a, a word that uh, I, I, it's just something that I feel like God dropped in my heart this week. And um, I'm going to uh, try to deliver it the way the Lord put it in me. And I pray that God helps me to say and do um, what he would have for us to hear tonight. I do not preach on any issue in particular at all. Uh, but just something I think God wants us to hear and what just kind of jumped off the page to me as I read the Word of God. And, um, but I want us to start with prayer. Let's ask God to open our hearts and our minds to receive His Word. Will you do that? Lift your own voice and talk to the Lord. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you for your spirit. God, I pray, God, that you will open our hearts to receive your word. God, anoint me to preach your word. Help me, God, to say it exactly the way it needs to be said. God, anoint us and help us to hear your word. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Taylor, Stephanie, you got the baby back there? Is this, t this is first service? Woo! We got that beautiful little baby back there. I'm loving it. Thank God for that. Amen. The house of God is such an important thing, Taylor and Stephanie, to bring your children to the house of God. The house of God should be the center of our lives. I believe that. Now, I do know without a doubt, and I preach uh, very directly, that the church is not the building. The people, the people, we are the church. 
The Bible says that the kingdom of God is within you. And so wherever you go, the church goes. Wherever you go, the kingdom of God goes. But there's something about when people get together and we begin to worship God together and we begin to pray together, there is simply something special where there are people not just in a spirit of unity, but they have the unity of the spirit. And I thank God I'm a part of a church that has a spirit of unity and has the unity of the spirit. Are you thankful to raise your family in a church that has a spirit of unity and the unity of the spirit? And the simple word I feel like the Lord has brought to me, the importance of knowing where the source is in your life. The Bible talks about that there were times that people left springs and began to rely on cisterns. A cistern was something that you carried water from the source somewhere else. And now their cisterns are cracked and they can't retain anything but the issue was that they left the source the source of where the peace was the source of where the joy was the source of where everything good in life came from God in his goodness and his mercy has given us a source that we can come to and be lifted and be encouraged I was talking to people even today they said oh I needed that I needed there's something that was in the atmosphere I needed that there's the times that I come into the house of God and I'm just sitting there sometimes I go into the prayer room and sister Rosado or one of the other prayer warriors are in there praying and I'm able to just sit down in the presence of the Lord I have not pulled that together I'm not the one that pushed in and pulled it out but somebody else did it for me and I'm able just to bask in the presence of the Lord now that's not where we should stay but isn't it nice to come into an atmosphere that somebody else can help me break through somebody else can help me get to the next level And we don't realize how good we have it. Sometimes we don't realize how good it is. We come to church. We're not used to it. We get used to things. This choir practiced a couple of new songs on us today, and I thought they did a wonderful job tonight singing these new songs and filling it all out. What a wonderful job they always do leading us into the presence of God. So thankful for it. But I, I, when people, it's amazing, when you first come to church or you're first around and you feel the power of God, I mean, it's, it, you, you lock into it and, and you're excited about it and the Holy Ghost is working and moving in our lives. Someone didn't want me to preach very long. They put a tack up here on the platform they wanted me to start shouting or something <laughs> we don't realize the power the glory I was preaching in refresh just uh, uh, a week or so ago and uh, I, I got to talking about getting used to things we get used to things we get used to things I was uh, I was raised um, at, at, right by the old church there was a parsonage uh, next door to the old church and we were right there by the railroad tracks 
I mean, if, if you have a good arm, you could easily throw it and hit the train as it goes by. Not that I ever tried. But it, it, was, it was there. When people would come and visit, we would be sitting there. And all of a sudden, they would look up. What is that? And we're like, what? You don't hear that? Oh, yeah, the train. Yeah. The power that was in that train. The volume that was in that train. But you can get used to things that are powerful. You can come to the house of God and the same choir that helped you move into the presence of God before, now it don't move you at all. The same messages, the same preacher, the same anointing that used to bring you to an altar, you have become numb to that. All of a sudden, we something that's so powerful, something that's so uh, strong moving down the tracks, I can sleep through it. It didn't wake me up in the middle of the night as it came through. Right there at an intersection, so they're blowing the horns. It did not wake me up. I got used to it. We can get used to it. And we really don't realize what we have. I'm reading in the book of Ruth. Chapter 1, and we're just going to be reading through this today. Now it came to pass in the days that judges ruled. This was a time that you find the book of Judges. Now the truth of the matter is, is there was a lot of messed up stuff that happened in the book of Judges. The people would follow God and the judge that was there, but when he would die and no one was there to lead them, all of a sudden they just went crazy. And finally, they, 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 they just went so crazy that God would say, fine. And he would take his hands off, a nation would come in and conquer them, and then God would, uh, someone finally would start praying, and God says, finally, there's somebody here that's talking to me. Let me talk back to them. And now all of a sudden, boom, they're on their way again, and they're defeating their enemies, and great things are happening, and then that judge would die, and then the next thing you know, they just go crazy again. One of the statements that's repeated over and over in the book of Judges is in those days there was no king. No direction, no leadership, nothing that was pointing him in the right direction. And so I don't know what it was like. I can't say I wasn't there. But in the days that Judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went and sojourned in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife Naomi. The, him and his children, they go, and the, now they are they're there in a strange land. And they left Bethlehem, Judah. Bethlehem is the house of bread. The house of bread. They left the house of bread. They left everything they had. 
They left everything, the, the property. They did not lose their property. They still had it. They left everything they had and went and sojourned in this land. While they're there, Naomi's husband, Elimelech, he dies. Her two sons, both marry Moabite women, these women that from, from Moab. Marry both of, both of them married, one Orpha, the other Ruth. So now they're married, and as time goes on, about 10 years, both of her sons die. And now she's there, and her children are dead. Her husband is dead, tells Orpha and tells Ruth, y'all go back to your family both of them say no no i'm going to stay with you but she convinces the one but ruth says no i'm not i'm not leaving you wherever you go i'm going to go wherever you lodge i'm going to lodge your people shall be my people your god is going to be my god whatever it is that you came from i want that in my life and so now ruth and naomi make their way back make their way back to the house of bread. And you find this statement to me that's amazing. Ruth 1, 19. So these two went and until they came to Bethlehem. They came back to the house of bread. Came back to the house. Came back to the house. They came back to the house. And it came to pass that when they came to Bethlehem, the city was moved about them. And they began to say, is this Naomi? Is this the one that we remember? No, it's been some 10, 12 years. What's it been since I've seen you? Oh, my goodness, it's so good to see you. The whole city was moved about her. But when they called her Naomi, she looks back at them and says to them, call me no more Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Call me no more Naomi, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter. She comes back in this broken state, and she makes this statement. Ruth 1.21 I went out full... And the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Now here's what's amazing to me. She did not realize what empty was. She makes this statement on the backside of a decision that she made. When she left, she thought that she was empty. Chapter 1, verse 1, said there was a famine in the land. And they left the house of bread. <laughs> they left the house of bread because they felt empty. They felt like it can't get any worse than this. They felt like, oh my goodness, what do we have to live for here? I have seen people in my life, and this has nothing to do with anybody. I don't know anybody leaving this church. If you do, you're keeping it a great secret. Yeah. 
Matter of fact, we have people moving here. I'm thankful for it. But this woman, she thought that she was empty. They did not leave with a, now she's saying, I left full. But she didn't think she was full when she left. I'm here preaching to someone here today that you don't need to leave the house of bread. You don't know what empty is yet. You don't know what empty is all about yet. You don't know the true feeling of emptiness yet. It may not be the best for you. Things may be happening uh, that you don't understand. But I'm asking you, uh, don't leave the house of bread. Don't leave God. Don't leave the things of God. You don't know what empty is. I feel the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands and pray all over this place. I feel the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. Tap into that for a moment. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. Jesus' name. Just stay with me for a minute. We're not going to stay here, but I am going to stay for a moment. It can get worse. You hear me? It can get worse. She makes this statement now because she's realizing I thought I was empty, but I was really full. I really had something going on before I left the house of bread. I didn't think so at the moment. And that's why you can't make moves. You can't begin to make important decisions in your life when things are shifting and moving. You've got to learn to plant your feet and say, I'm not moving from this place. God planted me in his word and in his truth. I'm not just moving with the winds and the tides. At the moment, at the moment, she thought she was empty. I've seen people leave the house of bread. Because things maybe weren't going quite like they planned. Business wasn't going quite like they thought it should. Thought if they just took more Sundays off and just worked a little bit harder and didn't hit those, all the Bible study midweeks and just started coming, just started slowly. You know, they did not plan. You know, the Bible does not say they went and they just left and went to Moab. The Bible says they sojourned. They just went for a, a trip, but they started getting away from the house of bread, and all of a sudden somehow they got lost and never made it home again. Sometimes you do that in life. You, you just make a trip. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be bad. Sister Mary, but I've seen her back there, her and her husband. They went on their honeymoon, went somewhere on their honeymoon and never left. Just went ahead and stayed there for a while. 
That was a good thing, but this was not a good thing. Just making a little journey, just getting away from the house of bread. Just, I just need a break from the house of bread. I just need a little bit of movement. And, and they began to step away. And as they began to step away, uh, they began to learn what empty really was. I've seen it. Seen people with great families, but thinking things ain't full like I want them to be. Things just ain't well that I think it should be. And they began to make decisions and began to leave the house of bread. And as they pulled away from the house of bread, it turns out that they weren't empty at all. They began to learn what empty was when a beer, one beer after another, began to come in their lives. One high after another began to come in their lives. Unraveling their family, losing their children, losing their wife. Uh, and they come back to the house of God. Uh, and they thought uh, that they were empty when they left. Uh, but they look at it and realize, uh, no, I wasn't empty. Uh, somehow uh, I got my eyes on this world. Uh, it almost worked on David. Uh, the Bible says, uh, David looked at him and said, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, uh, my foot uh, did almost nigh slip. Uh, I almost did. Uh, but somehow I stepped back into the house of bread and I watched a little bit longer and I saw their end because it can get worse. I'm here to tell somebody to wake somebody up. You're fuller than you think you are. There's more going on than you think there is. Just stick with God. Don't leave God. Lift your hands again and pray. I feel a wonderful presence of the Lord. I feel like the Lord is speaking to somebody. I don't even know what's happening, but I feel like the Lord is speaking. Just keep praying for a moment right now. The Bible tells us to be steadfast, unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Be steadfast, unmovable. Just plant your feet. Put God in the center of your life. If anyone's been through a Search for Truth Bible study, if you haven't, stick around. You'll get through one here eventually. We talk about that the tabernacle was in the center of the camp and everybody's the t their tent doors did not face outward which was the common practice of the day so if an enemy came you could open up the flap and see there's an enemy coming but they purposely turned all the tents to face the tabernacle they were saying 
if the house of God don't have what we need, then we're done for. They were basically saying this is the center of our lives and God is going to be the one that directs. There was something that happened with those people and as long as they followed God, nothing could touch them. As long as the house of bread was the center of their life, nothing could touch them. But when they began to look outside and they began to look at other gods, they began to move because there was no restriction over here and they said well I'm empty here let me go over there but they had just gotten used to being poor they had just gotten used to good worship they had just gotten used to the people of God something that would have stirred them they've allowed themselves to reach a point that they're full and they don't even realize they're full. Someone that had this, I believe, I believe Esau and Jacob. I don't think Esau, just the way I read the text, I don't think Esau was about to drop dead. I think Esau was acting like one of my kids. I'm so hungry. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. My kids don't know what hungry is. My kids don't know what hungry is. They think they're hungry, and I'm sure they want to eat, but they don't know what empty is. But they get used to living full, used to having everything at a level that now even the fullness, uh, they begin to back away in the Word of God uh, from the house of bread. Uh, and so she comes back. Uh, her mindset uh, when she left was she was empty, but she comes back uh, and she speaks a word of truth. Uh, I went out full. Even though there was a famine, uh, I went out full. But now I'm home and I'm empty. It can get more empty. But it can also, you can be filled to the point that it's beyond your comprehension. She comes back to the house of bread. Everyone gathers around her. She tries to say, I'm Mara, but they keep calling her Naomi. <laughs> Ain't it wonderful whenever you stumbled or whenever you slipped and you're falling and you come back to the house of bread and what you find is people saying, come on, you're still the one that I love. You're, ain't that wonderful to know that the people of God are always there with open arms. And let me just pause for a moment and say, God, forgive us if we ever have a different attitude than saying, come on back home. Come back to the house of God. Come on back. You're my brother. You're my sister. I'm so happy you're home. I'm so thankful that you're back with the family. But she came back thinking, I have nothing. I can do nothing. Ruth, her talk, we got to eat. Well, I'm just Mara now. I just, I don't deserve much. I have a kinsman, 
maybe you can go to his field and glean a little bit for me. Maybe you can just pick up a grain here or there. Because that's all I deserve is just a grain here or there. But she's back at the house of bread. And Ruth goes out there, and she begins to follow the reapers. And the custom of the day is as you reap the harvest, if any fell on the ground, you left it there for those to come behind so they had something to glean. And so she's gleaning behind the reapers day after day. And Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, comes to the field and says, Woo! Mmm! Come here. Who's that? Who? Oh, that's Ruth. That's the, the daughter-in-law to Naomi. They just came back. He said, really? He says, I tell you what, I don't want her going nowhere else. I want you to take handfuls of plenty and leave it for her. And so one day, Ruth comes out, and she's like, oh, wow. Boy, they really left a pile of stuff here accidentally. Goes the next row over and like, someone's going to get fired? What in the world? She comes home with this big thing and Naomi says, where would you get? I don't deserve that. Wait a minute, I, I, I came back empty. Empty is my life now. That, that's who I'm going to be. I, I just thought there was going to be grains. Uh, where did you get this? This ain't ordinary. And Naomi realized immediately that this was not the ordinary thing. She thought that she could only get a little bit and that's what was going to satisfy her but now all of a sudden back at the house of bread there's handfuls of purpose that are left for her I'm here to tell you yes it can get worse but oh yes it can get better it's better than you think it can get it can get greater than you think it can get Oh, somebody, you say, well, I'm empty. I'm always going to be empty. Not if you stay at the house of bread. There's more than you could ever imagine at the house. Oh, go ahead and praise the Lord. Somebody here. I've watched them come to the house of the Lord, broke, busted, and disgusted. This is my life. I'm never going to have nothing. All of a sudden, they start coming to the house of bread. They start worshiping God. They start giving themselves wholly to God. They start surrendering their lives to God. And the next thing you know, they got themselves a good, purdy wife. I felt the Holy Ghost right there, brother. If you're new here, he just got married a couple weeks ago. Now things are moving. All of a sudden, got a job, got this going, got that going. Good things are happening. 
It's a, hey, oh, don't, the Bible says not to compare ourselves among ourselves. That you, you can't be looking, oh, I don't have what they have. Just thank God God's given you what he's got. Say, it's not my field, but now there's handful of purpose in it. It's not my field, but God's given me provision in the midst of something that don't even belong to me. There's something in my life that's bigger. I thought that just a grain is what I could get, but I serve a God that's waiting for an opportunity to give you more than you could even imagine. Does that testimony ring true with anybody in the house of God? You came in empty, but you're full today. God has blessed you. God has given you a fresh start. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his power. I serve a God. The Bible says unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think. I serve a God that can give you more. It's a lie from the devil. And if you ain't careful, it'll settle on you again. All of a sudden, everything's coming good. And you've got to be careful that you don't get used to your full stomach where you start thinking, oh, I'm empty. And you go out again. No, just plant your feet in the house of bread and say, I'm with you. If it's a famine, I'm sticking with it. If it's a time of plenty, I'm sticking with it. God is always going to fill me. You can be seated for a moment. I thought I was empty, but I was really full. I didn't know what empty was. I come back, and I'm getting some seeds, and I say, oh, it feels good to be full. But now, there's plenty coming. But it don't stop there. It wasn't just piles of purpose left. Ruth and Naomi started having a little conversation. Say, well, every time I go out there, there's big piles of stuff for me. My back's starting to hurt my back a little bit. That's the truth. Everyone always finds something to complain about. Sweet mercy. But what if you didn't have to come in and out anymore? What if... Oh, no, we can't even think about that. No, no, what... What if... He likes me enough... To marry me? Well, as Brother Stone King told me, you better make some kind of overture or something. (laughs) This is his exact words. I was talking about my wife now, wife back then, not my wife. I told him about it, but Stone King said, "What well, sounds?" He said, "Boy, sounds to me like you need to make some kind of overture or something before someone else gets their hands in there and mucks things up." <laughs> no, I mean, I started getting full again just with the seeds. 
And now we got these handfuls of plenty. Can it really get better than that? This is what you do. This is the custom of the area. Here's how you do it. Ruth did it exactly like Naomi said because Naomi was from there. She knew how the customs were. And so now all of a sudden, Boaz looks at Ruth and says, yeah, I want to marry you. But there's another kinsman redeemer. Let me. He's ahead of me because of where he is in the family. He's, I'm going to have to talk with him first. He goes to the gate. He talks with the man. The man cannot uh, take that step to get both the land. Both the land. There was land. They would not. They left with still land. It's unbelievable to me. They come back now. Said both the land you're going to redeem and Naomi and Ruth. And so Boaz comes back. Uh, and the Bible says that they got married. Uh, now they are married. Uh, in verse chapter 4, verse 13. So Be Boaz took Ruth uh, and she was his wife. Uh, and he went in unto her. And the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son. Uh, and the women, these same women that when she first came back, uh, she said, call me Mara. I don't have anything. I, I, I don't. I, I came left full. I come back empty. I, I used to be pleasant. And now I'm just a. I'm just a wretch. That was her mindset. She told the women. But now the women are saying back to Naomi, "Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee without this day without a kinsman, and the name shall be famous in Israel, and and he shall be unto you a restorer of thy life and a nurser of thy old." age you thought it couldn't get any worse but it did but you also thought it couldn't get any better but it can get better I'm trying to tell somebody here today I don't know where you are but it can get better you say oh I thought the seeds were good now there's handfuls of plenty now I'm in the master's house now I'm sitting at the table I don't even have to go and clean anymore You lost two sons. But she says, Thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, went right to the number of completion. Didn't say it's better than three sons or four sons. He says it's better than the number of completion because you thought it couldn't get any better. But what I am giving you in your old age is better than if you had the perfect number, the number of completion. And not only that, but Naomi has now come home and she thought it could not get any better. But now she's got something to fill her. Now she's got handfuls of purpose. Now she's at the master's house but not only that she becomes in the lineage of Jesus Christ for when that was married they had Obed and Obed had Jesse and Jesse is the father of David and Jesus is known as the son of David it could get better I don't know where you are I'm just here to tell you it can get better however good it is you haven't reached the end of the blessings and the spirit of God stand with me eye hath not seen ear hath not heard neither hath it entered into the hearts of men the things that God hath prepared for us 
wherever you are, if you think that you're empty, don't leave the house of bread. Don't leave God. You don't know what empty is. And if you think I'm back and a few grains here and there, that's good. Just stick around because you're about to find handfuls of purpose laid out. Because when you're faithful with that which is little, he gives you that which is much. And if you think, now don't get fooled, don't start thinking, or don't get used to being fooled and thinking, well, I guess I'm really not fooled. Yes, you are. If you've got the word of God being preached in your heart and you're reading the word of God, you're fuller than you think you are. If you're here in the Holy Ghost and you are sipping of the Spirit, the Bible speaks of the Spirit as water, and you're drinking in the Spirit of God, you're fuller than you think you are. Stay at the house of bread. But if you're doing good and you know you are, let me just tell you, it can get better than this. You haven't reached the end of the blessings of God, of the Spirit of God, of the power of God. You have not reached the end yet. You haven't, you haven't seen the end of it. I don't know where you are. I know I could tell story after story. I know that I can speak things and tell people that left the house of bread. But I'm so thankful I can tell story after story of people that have come in. Family was all over the place. They've told me their stories, things they don't want anyone else to know. They say, when I came here, it saved my family. When I came into the presence of God, I felt the love of God's people. And I thought that was good, but stick around. It can get better. And you think that's going to be good, but stick around. Before long, you and Jesus are going to have an eternal connection. Naomi's in heaven is going to say, yeah, that was my daughter-in-law. I brought her here. Yep, I'm the, I'm the reason. That's me. I did that. I made that connection. I told her how to go into him. I told her what to say and how to do it. And because I came back to the house of bread, I was more filled than I ever imagined I could be. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. If you're here today and you feel empty, come and ask God. God, help me to realize how full I really am. If you're here today and you're just coming back and you're saying, are they going to accept me? Yes. Come on home. Well, just call me Mara. No, Naomi, I won't. I'm not going to do it. Come back home. Well, maybe I can just get a few little grains. Oh, you can start with grains if you want to, but here's some handfuls of purpose waiting for you. 
wherever you are in life, if you'd like to come pray, let's take a couple of moments right now. If you need to repent of your sins, come repent today. If you need a fresh start, come get a fresh start. Don't leave the house of bread. You don't know what empty is. Don't, don't leave the house of bread. Stay close to him. Give yourself wholly to him. I'm telling you, God has more for you than you could ever imagine. You say, but I messed up. That's all right. We serve a God of mercy and grace. We serve a God that's just waiting for you to come back. He says, I've got more for you. I've just been waiting for you to make a trip back to the house of God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, from the front to the back, let's begin to talk to God. Come on, wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, go ahead and let Jesus begin to restore you, refresh you. Let the Holy Ghost speak to your heart. Oh, Jesus, I need you right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I pray the Holy Ghost. God, help me to realize how good I have it. And God, help me to realize it can get better. It don't can get give better. up on God. God, don't let me leave the house. Give up on God, don't let me leave the house. Oh, somebody let the Spirit of God begin to flow through you right now. Go ahead, begin to pray in the Spirit. Go ahead, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, Lord, Don't give up on God. 